Oh, what's up, y'all? I am getting kind of sick and tired of doing these after performances like that. I is this rock bottom? Have we reached that point? Kings were, I think, minus 380 favorites, if you're a betting man, to win this game. Lose to the fucking San Jose Sharks at home. I don't care about, I don't, I don't care about the point. I don't even think they deserve the point, to be honest with you. Kind of got lucky cacking and just kind of threw it over the net, or sorry, over the glass for the delayed, or the delay a game penalty, but we've almost reached that point. Um, sorry, I'm getting in my car right here. I, I'm just as pissed as you guys are, to be honest with you. I'm just as mad, just as frustrated, disappointed, exhausted. How many shots on gold do they have today? 45, 46? I think that's the highest this season. Pretty sure. I'm 100% sure that's the highest this season. You can't spell Kakinen? Five on five scoring is still abysmal. Still. Two goals, five on five. Feels like this team's lost its way. What did Rob Blake say at the half season media availability the other day? He's waiting for leadership, the players and leadership, I think, something like that, to pull him out of this. They're still in it. They are still in it. I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for words, to be honest. With you. Oh, I went into this game thinking like, oh man, this is going to be it. This is the get right game. This is going to be the the time, the game that turns everything around. This is going to be, it's the, it's the fucking San Jose Sharks. You lose in a shootout. Did it, did it, was it anybody really that confident when they went into a shootout? Actually, even to be honest with you, even after the first period, after they didn't score in the first period, what did they have? 32 total shot attempts? This offense hasn't shown me anything to be confident in lately. Getting a lot of shots, being direct. Yeah, I get it. It's nice. I mean, I didn't think, I thought Kakinen was good. I didn't think he stood on his head. I mean that last that last uh, stop, I guess, on Fiala in overtime. That was pretty good, but man, I mean, how how long can these excuses go for? <laughs> how much longer can we keep saying like, oh, but the goalie played pretty well the other day, and so we got to get cats off to him? I'm done, done with that. I've heard what, how long? How many times have you heard that? Three, four, five times in the last two, three weeks. I think this is the first time we've heard Todd McClellan be frustrated in a post-game media availability, availability. At least one I've been a part of, where you can just sense in his tone, the words he was using, that this was the first time he can you can really sense that he's waiting for the players to kind of show something. And man, I mean, Peel Dubois tonight was just an awful performance by him. I'm watching him. I'm waiting, waiting for him to prove me right. All that talk I had, all the all the confidence I had about this trade over the summer, waiting, still waiting. I, I mean, 
I'm glad Todd gave us the answer that he did. I, I, we needed to hear it. He needed to be called out. And he finally did it. Like, what have we heard throughout the, this full half of the season? This first half. Oh, he's still getting accustomed to it. Oh, we're moving him around, trying to figure it out. He's learning a new system. Playing with new teammates, learning, learning in a new organization. I'm going to read the quote to you. At the end of the day, whether PL gets four minutes or 24 minutes, he has to be a difference maker. And with or without the puck, we've gone through this long enough. It's time. Couldn't have said it any better. Probably a few games too late. They've moved him around a lot. Played him with all these line mates. And we haven't seen jack shit, to be honest with you. Five-on-five scoring, yeah, we can talk about that. It's right around pace where it was in Winnipeg, first year Winnipeg or so, whatever. I'm not going to say that the Kings lose the trade or anything right now. Like, that's still still way too early to say that, but, oh, man, it is not looking good. It is not looking good. They they have no answer. They have no answer. They, they they have no they don't know where to play him. They signed and traded they traded for and signed a centerman and gave him 8.5 million dollars a year for the next 8 years and they don't know what to do with it. It's great. I mean, it might be great in a few years, maybe when he's driving a, a number one line with ringers. <laughs> I'm just speaking hypotheticals, trying to make myself believe again, but I don't even have that confidence. But right now, I mean, they, I feel like Todd McClellan, I I don't know how much of a say he had in that, in that deal, but I feel like he was giving this player, he was given this player by Rob Blake that Blake felt like he had to make a swing for, and he's trying to fit a square into a circle? I don't don't fucking know. Uh, 4-3 lost to the San Jose Sharks in a shootout. Man. As much as I want to get on the train of trying to say, oh, they need to make a change up top. They need to maybe need a new voice in the locker room. I really want to say that. But to be honest, this is just much Rob Blake's doing. I mean, Tom McClellan, I, I, I could probably pretty much guarantee you he probably didn't have that much of a say in that deal. But when you make that move and hamper your salary cap as much as you have and and create this lack of movement that you're able to do when you're slumping like this, that's on the GM, right? It's got to be on Blake. McClellan's done enough. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, I'm not could point to Dubois and say that he's the reason for these losses, but I mean, it's not just one player. I mean, yeah, everybody, like, Kopitar line looks a little bit better with Byfield on it, but I mean, to be honest with you, I feel I'm starting to feel like it's more or less Quentin Byfield than Kopitar, than play, or playing with Kopitar and Kempe. Seems like Quentin, wherever Quentin Byfield goes, he's figuring it out. His line mates are playing better. I, I guess that's a, a good thing to see. Brent Clark looked pretty good today. Where's he been? Creating chances left and right. I, I, he was he was pretty wide on that on that uh, third goal. It's kind of rough, but oh, man, you leave out three rookies in that situation. I think that's kind of a tough decision. But I mean, your hands are kind of tied with the way the the lineup is tonight. But man, I don't. I am. I'm pissed, pissed off, frustrated. 
I saw the replay of David Riddick smashing a stick on the shootout, and I don't blame him. He's probably more pissed at himself, but I guess that kind of emulates a lot of the a lot of Kings fans' feelings right now. You can't beat a San Jose team at home, man. I mean, you got the Sabers coming up. Who knows what's going to happen at that point? I don't. I have no confidence they're going to win that game. And then you go on a, a road trip, and I'm pretty sure they play some pretty good teams on this road trip. We got any confidence they're going to win any of those games? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't got nothing else to say. Let's go to you guys. Uh, John. John Hernandez. What's up, my guy? How you doing, buddy? Looks like you're muted. Oh, there I am. Um, there he is. Yeah, I... Okay, doing? with Riddick, and it seems like he got beat four straight times on that shootout. Because I don't know if you recall from the Detroit game. They came in on that left side, beat him twice going to cross, and they did it again this game. So I think he's probably more disappointed in himself. For giving, those, yeah. for giving up those four goals, but also he's probably frustrated too because we're not scoring on we're not scoring on shootouts. We're not scoring during the overtime. They're not scoring during regulation. They're just they're just not scoring. They're not scoring. <laughs> it's like dude, somebody has to put the puck in the net, and it's just so frustrating to see. Like I thought in the first period, they were just throwing everything at the Sharks, and you're like, wow, this is what we yeah. saw in the beginning of the season. And I was like, okay, I'm a little bit hopeful. You know, they didn't score, which is troubling. But we saw a little bit of that glimpse from before, like just those rushes back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. up and down the ice that we saw in the beginning of the season. But once that second period came around, um, the Sharks, what were they, on um, that first couple minutes, they just dominated, and it was never the same. Never the yeah. same. Yeah, it was after the first period intermission, it kind of felt like the Sharks kind of just got their legs underneath them and say, okay, well, we're still in this game, Kakinen. Looks like he's playing all right tonight, so let's let's play good in front of him. And yeah, they just the Sharks took advantage of the opportunities that were in front of them, right? I mean, they had that that breakaway chance, they had the two on one chance, converted on both of those. The Kings had I counted like four or five, six odd man rushes in the first period, and they just could not score. Just I felt like they had so like the more rush chances they had in that first period is what we have seen more of those in that period than we had in the last like few weeks, and it. it as as much as you want to say like it was good, it's just like you still didn't see a lot of the chemistry and a lot of the nice passes that were happening besides the Dano line, who looks to be the only real line that's kind of going for the Kings. And that's why I was really kind of like as much as I wanted to be happy about what I was seeing in the Rangers game with Byfield playing next to LaFerriere and Jad, I mean, that that line was okay at best. I mean, it, yeah, like that goal that uh, Byfield scored with that rush chance by Jad, I thought it was a really, I thought it was a softie that left in by quick. But besides that, the rest of the night, it was kind of mediocre. So I just knew that change was going to come. I knew it was going to happen where, where they were going to switch Byfield and Dubois again, because you just didn't see any chemistry with the first line. And that third line chemistry was just so, so at best. So they made the change. It pays off, but still this team just can't figure out a way to put the puck in the net at five on five. And I, don't know where else to turn. I think this team, like, in the beginning, we benefited so much from having the fourth line score. Like, obviously, we're yeah. not getting anything from the fourth line, and that's hurting really bad. And I think that did help cover up, like, Dubois and not him scoring at all in the beginning. Because, you know, we had the second line scoring, you had fourth line scoring, you had first line scoring. They were covering that up. But once that dried up, I was worried. I was like, okay, this, you know, where are the goals going to come from? And sure enough, they just hit that ra- that rough patch where you know, they weren't getting any, you know, support from the fourth line that they were before. And you can't depend on that. You know, you got to depend on our big guns and, you know, like Kempe is not what he was last year. Unfortunately, he's having a rough time at it. I mean, I'm happy with Byfield. I mean, Byfield had it rough for so long. People were calling for his head, but man, has he blossomed into something special? Yeah, for sure. And that's, I guess the only uh, positive thing to come out. I mean, Trevor Moore looks, uh, continues to score. I mean, he's really been the only guy who's been consistent. Byfield, too, he's, he's looked really good. So the positives are there, but they're just not getting the results. And it's just, I like, I'm done with the excuses, man. I'm, I'm so done with these, like, you're playing against good goalies. 
you're playing against good teams, the road trips. Like I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I got to the point where you can't g- continue to give me the excuses and not score and not win these games that you are 100% supposed to win this game. This was a, uh, like, as much as you guys want to say, this is like, it's still midway through the season. You still got a long part, long rest of the season left. This was a must win game for the Kings. This was must win. They had to win this game in order to right the ship. And now you're, they're going to continue. They're going to go into practice tomorrow. They're going to go into the game on Thursday and they're going to have the same thing lingering in the back of their mind, talking, thinking about, Oh, we're still struggling to score goals and we're still struggling to finish games because this game gave nobody confidence that they were able to turn it around. So, yeah, I mean, they're still in the same situation that they were before this game started and before even the Ranger game. Like, as much as that was good and it was emotional, you got Jonathan Quick coming back in the building. I mean, they kind of squeaked it out. If it wasn't for David Riddick's, like, amazing toe save at the end of the game, who knows? We might be looking at back-to-back shootout losses, right? So, like this is still a team that's still floundering. They're still slumping. And like, we're still waiting for leadership or management or anybody, anybody on this team to pull them out of it. And we're going to continue to do that until they are able to string some wins together. Yeah. All right, man. You know what? I'll let some other people come on. Thank you for taking uh, my, you know, yeah, on here and, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep seeing it. I'll keep, I'll, you know, I'll keep going to games. Keep, I'll that's see you right. there, but, Oh man, this, you know, this it's, it's been rough, man. This is what we signed up for, John. This is what we signed up for. We're in it. This is. Oh yeah, we're in, we're in it to the end, man. We're That's in it to right. the end. That's right. I love it. All right, appreciate. All right, brother. Take care, man. Good night. You too. Let's go to. Uh, oh, let's go to. I see. Uh, OC Steve. He was DM me throughout the game and giving me some heaters. What's up, OC Steve? You're not going to talk about Phil Kessel, are you? Now? No, I'm going to talk about how we should have gotten Patrick Waugh. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're going we're going the other way. Okay. What well so Patrick Wall, you're you're thinking coaching change is what I'm guessing what you're Dude, thinking. they showed video right now like on uh TSN and he's beating the shit out of those guys in practice to get them into shape. I think I saw that video. I think I saw That's that the kind of thing I'm, that the I'm, Kings need right now, dude. They don't need hand holding, they don't need coddling. I don't even care if you go talk knock on Brown's door and go, "Hey dude, can you talk to these guys and kind of be like a, a player whisperer right now?" Yeah, I mean, as much as like we've seen Todd kind of fall back into the back and I mean, like even Rob Blake said it like right away. He said leadership's got to pull him out of it and he even he, he, he kind of clarified himself and mentioned coach, the management in terms of coaching staff to help out with that. But, I mean, leadership on the ice, it's up to the players. It's up to the players. And maybe Todd McClellan has to mix things up a bit. But I don't know. He's he's done some mixing already. And like I said, like Rob Blake's really limited the amount of changes he can make because of the salary cap situation right now. So they're stuck. Yeah, they're stuck right I, I mean, at this point, look, man, we, we got the cards that were dealt but that doesn't mean we can't spend money elsewhere to help them get their head out of the fog. Or like I said, bring a guy like Brown back just to talk to the room, see what he can do for the organization. Talk to some of the leadership guys and go, dude, you guys need to get your head out of your ass. Oh, there's gotta be some, Oh man. Tom McClellan has got to elevate his voice a bit. He's got to start slamming some sticks, benching some people, sending messages he's got to do whatever it takes because this whole like oh the players aren't aren't they'll, they'll pull themselves out of it or like this that's it's not gonna fly that's we're his done. job dude we're, we're russell at the, at the end of the day that's his job 100 percent, 100 percent. i i totally agree and that's why it's like we heard rob blake just the other day say that he's not thinking about making any coaching change so i'm i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm leaning that way it's like as much as i don't like you can't place like all the blame. That's what I'm saying. You can't place all the blame on McClellan. He's done whatever he could or whatever he can to change things up. He's trying to find line mates for Peel Dubois. It's not working for him, for him anywhere really he plays him. I, I, he's looked okay with Leferrier at times. I thought it was. I thought he actually looked semi pretty good with Leferrier. But to be honest with you, I think Alex Leferrier is just a really good player, and maybe that's a little bit of Leferrier kind of carrying Dubois. But I thought tonight was really the first time that we had really heard. McClellan like kind of single out a player even though I was asking him directly about about Dubois but it was the right message this is the kind of tone and, and message that he needed to hear because it's getting to that point where it's time it's time to see something out of that player that Rob Blake took a swing on over the summer I mean let me ask you this man it's usually King's fashion at the deadline when we're going for broke we do something stupid 
Do you think that Spence is uh, is a part of a package deal that we try to go get something? Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want to see that, but I mean, from what we saw from Brant Clark today, like like I said, like the that's that third goal was a little a little rough in terms of his coverage. But I mean, he's like like I said, he's a young young player still learning the ropes of the NHL. But you see the vision. You see his hockey IQ, especially in the offensive zone. That confidence is, is clearly there. So you have to figure out a way to get him in the lineup. So I don't know if they're willing to re-sign Roy. It doesn't seem like – I'd be surprised if they did. But if they if they do want to go that route, then Spence has to be probably the odd man out unless they, they want to shift somebody to the left side, which they seem really reluctant to do so. So – yeah, if you're looking for a little bit more of a balanced defense, then Spence definitely could be on the odd, uh, the outs if, if Rob Blake's looking to make a trade here. And, and you know what? I kind of knew something was in the air today, dude. When I got the email notification for pre-sale for playoff tickets, I was like, oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, those, they always send those out really early, maybe a little too early. It, it's just my feeling, man. It's like, dude, let's let's not put the cart before the horse right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and there's plenty of people, you know, where, you know, we live in behind the orange curtain and there's plenty of people like sending me a message to me like, dude, like they've already started to check out and I I don't blame them with, with the lackluster performances at home, shelling out that kind of money to commute up to LA, especially if you live in orange County, just to watch them shit the bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Under 500 continue to be under 500 at home. Uh, it's not good enough. Not well, good and enough. it's like, wh- what point do we get at? Because at the end of the day, this is still a business where AEG turns around and they finally turn their head around and go, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, but I think so. I forgot who mentioned it to me the other day, but like, let's say, like hypothetically, Rob Blake does make a change at the coaching position. That's more or less going to point the finger more at him. He's the one who brought in McClellan. He's the one that gave McClellan the lineup that's in front of him and limited the, the amount of uh, chances he can make to make those changes. So if he makes that change in terms of a head coach, then he's going to be on the hot seat at that point. So that's why I'm like, I don't see the change happening as much as we want to see it, but you're getting to the point where you don't have that much of a, of a season left to fix things. I mean, there's still, it's still a long season. There's still got, Plenty well, of games left, but. I mean, real talk though, dude. Like, if we don't make the playoffs, oh. McClellan's gone, and 100%. I if AEG's going to probably step in, and probably Blake's going to be gone. Something's going to happen. Heads were definitely going to roll uh, if they don't make the playoffs here, because the U, that's that's hundred percent like can't happen. That's an absolute failure if that happens. I don't think it will, but yeah, I mean, things are. Incredibly well, I, yeah, I don't mean to be the negative Nancy in the room, but if they don't, then he, then Blake's got to worry about his own neck. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like I said, like if if he wants to make that change at co- head coach, then a lot of finger pointing is going to be his way. But OC Steve, I appreciate you, buddy. I'm going to try to get to dude. There's so many people requesting to speak tonight, so I'm going yeah, to try to get as many as I can. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Uh, let's go to uh, Jason. I see a couple of you guys that I haven't seen before, so I'm going to try to get to as many as I can. But, Jason, what's up, man? What's up, Rust? How you doing, man? Eh, you, you saw the game. I did. I did, unfortunately, see that game. Yeah. What would you think? I want to go back to two things you talked about earlier. Yeah. One, you said San Jose on at home. Was that not the loudest, rowdiest home crowd you've heard all year? Yeah, I was actually surprised for Weekday game, San Jose, not necessarily a crowd drawer, and uh, rainy too. Yeah, the crowd was there. So no, I was there. It's the loudest I've heard in maybe a year outside of the playoffs. It, the overtime was good. It was pretty t- tuned up. It's good to hear. And then going back to Byfield PLG comparison, Byfield is an elevator. No matter where he is, no matter who's on his wings, whose wing he's on. He elevates anybody he plays with right now. 100%. I was actually looking up the stat earlier today, and Kopitar's on-ice numbers are actually better with Byfield than without Byfield. So that's why I'm thinking, like, as much as we want to say, like, 
Kopitar's maybe needs like better wingers. I think it's just Byfield who's just elevating the player whoever he's been playing with, which is an incredibly good sign. I still think you and I were texting about it a few days ago. I think Kopitar needs less minutes. Yeah. He should not be playing. What's he playing right now? Top two forward minutes on the team? Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, yeah, you can give the no the first line minutes, which I think they did. Well, I know they did against New York. Uh, they gave Kopitar 23 minutes against the night. Uh, I mean, overtime game, so that's a little different. Um, Deneau got 22 minutes, so right around the same. It seems like uh, Deneau is getting maybe more minutes 5-on-5 five five than Kopitar is. But, yeah, if you want to reel back Kopitar's minutes a little bit more, you have to have more centers than just two. And if Tom McClellan's not going to be able to rely on uh, P.L. Dubois to, to be that player, that they, that impact player that we're looking for him to be, you're not going to rely on Trevor Lewis. So, unfortunately, these are that depth that we have been talking about, that word, that's one word that we haven't really heard uh, uh, McClellan use a lot is balance. We haven't heard him use that B word really at all these last few weeks. And I think that's a huge problem with the Kings. When that, that's all we talked about in the over the summer with the trade that they made and in the early parts of the season. So that balance is definitely lacking. And you can't reel Kopitar's minutes back unless you have that depth that we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, who's the second or third best center on the team? Byfield, and he's elevating Kopitar, so you're not going to take him off his wing again. We saw how Mm -hmm. poor that just went the last two games. Yep. Yeah, so (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think – they're going to have to have a real good talk with P.L. Dubois to see what needs to happen in order, in order to get him going. Because yeah. I'm not going to say it's a failure of a trade. Of course not. Still got, still got a little bit of a ways in front of us, as bleak as that sounds right now. But, I mean, we've seen this player perform in the NHL already. So we have to see that player come in and be that impact player he was brought here to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I then, appreciate you hopping on here, Jason. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm just going to try to – I apologize for cutting you guys off, but I'm going to try to run through as many people as I can tonight. No, you're good. Have a good night, Russ. You too, bud. Uh, let's go to PV. I didn't get to you uh, after the – I think it was the last game or that we played. I forget which one. But what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Russ? How you doing? Um, Again, <laughs> not the best, but um, yeah, I think um, – I don't know if grit's the word I'm looking for, but um, we just have to find a way to win games. And at the beginning of the year, I noticed this, that they weren't beating the, the good playoff contending teams or they're beating the bottom half teams. And I would talk about it with my friends and I would say, hey, they just have to find a way. Like, there's going to be other good teams. Like, obviously, yep. it's the NHL. Like, you can't have a successful season beating the non-playoff teams. You have to beat the good teams in order to be considered good and to just be good in general. And to be the best, you got to beat the best. And you definitely have to beat the worst. <laughs> um, and, Ain't that the truth? Yeah, and it's just not happening. And like what we're talking about, I, we're not seeing difference maker. As of this last stretch, I mean, Moore and Byfield can't do everything. Our goalies can only stand on their heads for so long. Mm-hmm. Right? Dowdy can I mean, have so were... many power play goals. I mean, I don't know. Like, there needs to be a difference yeah. maker. It's, just, it's so weird, right? It feels like these last these last few weeks, it's been like the same. The, the goals that the Kings have scored have been like the same thing. It's either Byfield in front of the net, a Moore snipe. Or Drew Doughty slap shot from the point. It's like, like I what was the last one like the uh, more I don't know like I, I'm even the going back to last game more and Fiala contributing on one goal and Byfield scoring the other one. It's like there there's no difference makers like like I just talked about with Jason. There's no balance to this team. There's no depth at all. Yeah. There's a couple guys that are going and a lot of guys that are still trying to figure it out. And Tom McClellan is trying to f- help them as much as he can. And those players aren't responding. So that's why I'm like, you got to, if I'm McClellan, I'm going to practice tomorrow and I'm kicking ass. Like I'm, yeah. I'm taking names. I'm, I'm speed bagging a couple guys. Like it's, it's enough's enough. Yeah. Like it's gotten to the point where 
We're we're done hold with the hand holding. You guys got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. I was gonna ask you because because you're the one in the room with these guys after these games. Yeah. Like energy wise, coming from management, what are you seeing when you're asking these questions? I know you you mentioned frustration a little bit earlier, but like to what degree was it like a tense room or like what's what's going on inside oh, it's the war room? I'm telling you, it's it's. Tonight was the most tense I've, I've felt being around management, being around the players, being around just everybody, writers, media, everybody. This was, Tonight was the most tense I felt. I mean, the Nashville game, it was really just, like, disappointing and frustrating, but you can still kind of maybe utilize some excuse, whatever, here and there. But tonight, like, like you said, like, if you're not able to beat the worst teams, then that's going to get to your head. And I thought Kempe – uh, he, you can just sense the frustration on his head. He even he even mentioned how it's really frustrating. They're not able to be as efficient as they are in terms of the scoring chances. So, I mean, it's there. The ten, like it's you can just kind of feel it. It's just palpable around this team right now, and that's why, like, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Unfortunately, I don't. I mean, because like, does anybody really expect them to beat Buffalo on Thursday or on on Wednesday? Because I, I don't at all yeah yeah i mean i'm going to that game so that's fun but it should be fun yeah uh, it'll probably be a, it'll probably be a one goal game that's what certainly seems like all these games are lately yeah I, so it'll at least be close you know i'm wondering you know where the bottom six scoring went i mean because i don't know if it's obviously Liz, i think lazat's a huge loss he's such oh, he's such a motor that drives his line and and I think elevates the right word, the rest of his players to do the same. I, but I always thought Grundstrom was a really hard four checker, you know, and, and I don't, I, not pointing the finger at them. Well, I mean, kind of, because they, they haven't contributed much. And now I've noticed they're getting benched in, in late game scenarios. But nothing like we did the first, the first, you know, half of the season. So yeah, I I don't know sorry, where the forechecking went. Like just that 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 grit. I know I keep saying that, but that like suffocating pressure that we need. Mm-hmm. It, you know, garbage goals count the same on the board. Doesn't matter if it's the most beautiful goal you ever seen in your life, or or the shittiest goal you ever seen in your life that goes off your face. Like it, it counts as a goal. I mean, to be honest with you, like. For some, I, I hate picking on individual players, but for some godforsaken reason, they continue to play Trevor Lewis as the fourth line center. Right. And this guy has like one even strength point or five on five point in like the last like 20 games or so. Like right. what, what is going on there? Like you, like at this point, like what is the loss by playing a player like, or bringing a player like Alex Turcotta? What is the loss to bringing a player like Akil Thomas up? Because you know they're going to inject some energy. Like you just said, we're missing grit. We're missing tenacity. We're missing that forecheck. I mean, Blake Lazat, yeah, he brings all of that, but he's not around this team right now. He's not going to be. He's not going to be around this team for the end of the, the All Star break. So, I, I agree with you. I think that's a huge loss, and that's the reason we're not maybe not seeing a little bit of that depth scoring or that fourth line uh, scoring as much. But it is kind of strange. You're not seeing like like Carl Grunstrom has certainly taken a hit. Uh, I have no idea what's up with Arthur Kelly. For whatever reason, they keep putting him in the doghouse, even though like the power play is just anemic of late. So it's not anemic, but it's been like kind of quiet. But like, I mean, that's a guy that could put the puck in the net at certain certain occasions. So try things out there. Like that fourth line is just—it's a black hole. You're putting mm-hmm. it out there, and we're not getting any production there. So you have to figure out a way to add some players, or maybe mix things up at that point to maybe try to find that depth scoring that this team is lacking right and it's not even again like yeah scoring big issue but just being like in their face and stealing the puck or or making the passes hard to make even though you may not disrupt the play completely like you're kind of having to make the guy hurry up and make a decision you know and then and then mistakes happen so i'm a water polo coach and and that's exactly what I tell my players. Like, get up in their face and make their job hard. Your job <laughs> is to make their job as hard as possible. And if they're a good team, their job is to make your job as hard as possible. The team that will win is the one that does a better job at that. 
And if they're good, if they're holding you, if they're drowning you, if they're kicking you, whatever it is, so what? You got to find a way. And that's what I keep saying over and over. Someone's got to step up. You've got to find a way. If there's not a way, you got to make that way. Hey, you want to you wanna go into the locker room tomorrow? Maybe talk to the boys a bit? <laughs> hey, just say, CIF champion, you know. I, you know, I love just it. Saying, just saying. I love it, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you hopping on here, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they just got to find it. Yeah, thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Uh, one thing I'll say, like he was talking about, they're looking for that forecheck. We're, we're look, lacking a little bit of desperation. One thing I've noticed these last two games especially is they're trying to implement that one three one system a lot more. Like, we we heard from Rob Blake the other day talking about how this game this team is going to win games built on defense. So it certainly seems like they're just going to be like, okay, well, we need to fall back to what we know has been successful in the past. But when you're not scoring, when you're ma- when for, and not capitalizing on the chances that are in front of you, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um, let's go to Fiala's beer. Like I said, I'm going to try to call in guys or. And gals that haven't been called on before. Fiala's beer. What's up? Hey, Russell. How are you? you... Oh, I'm doing all right. How you doing, man? Could be better, you know. Just wanted to see my team win, but fortunately, we came short. Uh, Yeah. What did you see from tonight that uh, frustrates you specifically? Uh, I got a couple things, but something I picked up during watching the game, I noticed when Dubois was on the first line with Kopitar and Kempe, he seemed more motivated. Like, he would go back on D, try to get the puck. Then I noticed kind of in the third period when he was playing with Leferrier, or Leferrier, sorry, uh, he kind of got, he he started to be lazy a little more. He he didn't really go on the back check. The forecheck wasn't the same. I I think he's kind of not uh like getting dismotivated you know what i mean like his motivation goes down when he's not playing with like a first line player that's something i noticed i don't know if you guys caught that but i think when when he's playing on that first line he's playing a wing position he's probably playing a little bit more in the four checks so you're seeing him skate a little bit more in the offensive zone chase down uh pucks be more aggressive uh toward the opponent's defenders um, but yeah, when he's playing that center role, he's going to be playing a little bit further back. He's going to be, uh, evaluating the play in front of him a bit more as a centerman. But even then, like, that's why I, I just, we had to, we had to hear what their thoughts were on, on Dubois without the puck. Cause yeah, we've heard as much, we've heard great things and glowing things with him with the puck. And I, I've seen it. I, I understand the comments, that position, because when he has the puck on his stick, he makes things happen. But when he doesn't have the puck on his stick, that's always been the knock on him. And Tom McClellan said it best tonight. It's just with or without the puck, it's time. It's time we see him be a difference maker. So I think that was the right answer and the right message to send in that in that situation. Yeah. And also, I've always been uh, fond of the coach, Todd McClellan. But like at this point, there's no more excuses. What can you do? I think the perfect opportunity for Rob Blake to keep his job right now would to be f- f- to fire Todd McCullen because nothing's going on right le- uh, right now like your team isn't winning like you can make the excuses in the beginning but like the Kings have gone like two and like 11 in the last uh, 13 games mm-hmm. so I think all the excuses are, yeah I think all the excuses are done at this point so I think maybe a new head coach could probably turn these guys, like maybe get some more motivation or something. Hey, this is a this is a results based business, and if the results aren't uh, producing with where this team is at and the salary cap, there's really only one huge change they can make, and that starts up top. So I, I would say uh, my panic level coming into this game was probably like an eight point two. But now I'm at like a nine three, yeah, nine one maybe. If it, if they lose to the Sabers uh, on Wednesday, I'm like a nine nine. Like I'm, it's heads are going to start rolling. So, but uh, Fiala's beer, I appreciate you jumping on here. I got a bunch of people that want to talk. So, like I said, I'm gonna try to get to as many as I can. But, yeah, yeah, no, thank you for the opportunity, Russell. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. Appreciate you hopping on. 
Uh, have a good night. Uh, let's go to Lieb. Uh, Lieb, I know you got some good stuff to say. He messaged me that he wants to talk about what'd you say? You want to discuss what is going on with the lineup decisions because they're mystifying. So, what do you got well, there? Well, I, I think the first thing I wanted to say because you mentioned on ice leadership and you know, leadership in the room and stuff like that. And like, I know you and I are very sick of the oh, but you know, look at their expected goals and look at how they're playing and everything like that argument. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, on a player level. You're deployed how you're deployed. You're put out there with who you're put out there with. All you can do is go out and play how you've been playing because they've been playing well and just not getting results as, as a general rule. So mm-hmm. I don't know what on-ice leadership is going to do. Like, Kobe's going to go out there and be like, hey, guys, don't suck at shooting today. <laughs> like, I, that, yeah, that's I mean, I'm looking yeah, for I, so you're looking for more like lineup changes, more line changes, or more uh, roster and 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 also like situational deployment. I don't I don't yeah. see like the like you keep you keep running out PLD and Kopi and Kempe who who he has he has two power play goals and I, I think the Kings are up to 145 power play attempts this year and he has two power play goals. And yeah. So sitting on specifically, yeah, the, the bench, the power play units need to change. Like the deployment there is it's, just it's all gone. You have you have your 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 best goal scorer on the second unit, and I I don't know that first unit. Like I love Kopi, obviously, but like he's just kind of like a vacuum in terms of just like doesn't like I don't know. I don't see enough for him to stay on that first power play unit, even though it would be pretty difficult to argue to take him off what they're, they're stuck yeah they're stuck right would it there. be that hard <laughs> I, could, I could make a pretty good argument it would he sucks. Yeah, you could. yeah you could definitely could you definitely I, I don't could. i like you know we have fagmo sitting on the bench we have Callio sitting in the press box those are our two best frank leaders. clark didn't get any power play frank time. clark got 20 seconds of power play time at the beginning of the third when they had two defensemen out there because you have to do that when you only have 20 seconds left Right, yep. so he got no real power play time. He didn't get a single zone second on the power play. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't, I don't like. So the usage is what's is what's mystifying. The usage is ridiculous. Terms. We have Trevor Lewis just played forty yeah. third game of the season. He hasn't been good in any of them. <laughs> there hasn't been one game oh, where you man, look at and you're like, know. oh, that's why we have him here. Yeah, that's. That's a, uh, a big question right there. I mean, you're searching for offense. You have to figure out a way to, to find something. And yeah, yeah. Something. Trevor Lewis at center. It's it's he's the heart. He, he's like got a lot of heart. Got a lot of got a lot of um, determination while he's out there. But it's like like what is like we're not just here to just give guys minutes because they they bring that that kind of those like maybe intangibles on the ice. You you got to score. You got to produce because that's what this team needs right now. They're lacking offense. They're not. They're not lacking like determination and all that uh, tenacity. They're lacking just production. They're lacking offense. You have to figure out a way to find offense if, if you're the Kings. Because what? Just two goals, five on five again. Like, what are we doing here? It's unreal. It's unreal. And if, and if we can't score five on five, we have to have a good power play. Like right now, think about this. Over our last five games, our two best shooters have been Drew Doughty and Quinton Byfield. I know. That's how know. badly everyone else. And, and, right and the thing is with the, the, the Drew Doughty goals from the power play, it's like they're not even really like 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 nice one time cross ice pass. No. It feels like it feels like all his goals have come because they've just really exhausted all possibilities on the power play in the ninety seconds they get of the two minutes of the of the power play uh chance. So then Drew Doughty gets the puck at the blue line, he's like, Okay, I got nothing else to do but just blow one past the goalie and they just happen to go in. So And we've been like, watching him for sixteen years. Most of those shots don't go don't hit the most back. and most of them aren't supposed to go in. So it's like if that's your last resort, like it's cool, yeah, great. But when everything else isn't working, you have to change other things up. You have to figure it out because you can't just keep saying like, oh, it's just Victor Arvidsson's not here. Like he's one player. He might change quite a bit, but it's still one player and you're you're stuck with the players you have now. So yeah, and we're figuring out now with Blake Lazat, and I love Blake Lazat, but the only reason we're really missing him right now, to the extent that we are, is that we're playing Trevor Lewis at 4C. Yeah. 
-hmm. Why are we doing that? I mean, like, Trevor Lewis's range right now goes from really bad to serviceable. And and, and the service is really just on the penalty kill, it seems like. Five on five, he's just – you're not not getting really anything there. And even then – like and that's the thing. Like Blake Lazat, just a huge loss. That's a that's a I I we call him the best fourth line center in the league. We we don't call him that for anything. He shows it night in and night out when he's on when he's on the team and playing. So when you lose that player, we're seeing that fourth line start to go down, and we're seeing Kopitar get more penalty minutes because Blake Lazat is the first player out there whenever there's a penalty kill. Yeah. So you have to get more minutes to Kopitar because they don't trust anyone else to do it. It's going to turn a lot of things down five on five. And by the way, circling back on cutting down minutes for the older guys, you're not going to be able to cut them down at five on five, just no. because of the way that this team rolls. You're We're not going to go. You have to. You have to find a way to cut them out of special teams somewhere. Unless, unless you take Kopitar down a, a couple lines and play him with. I mean, play Kopitar with Laferriere and somebody else. Maybe yeah, play Kempe with somebody else. Like, but they're still all going to get 13 minutes of even strength time or 14 minutes of even strength time. That's just how the team rolls. This is how they're. This is where they're at. They're stuck. Yeah, they're stuck in yeah, that they situation. Don't, they don't have someone they could put out there for 20 minutes a night at even strength, and then you know have them play also just a power play and not the penalty kill like McDavid, right? I when mean, they can't, and that's the problem, and that, and therein lies the problem. There, Lee. like when they don't have anybody, we haven't, like, we're not even thinking about playing PLG Ball twenty plus minutes a night. And therein lies the problem when you can't think on playing that player who's getting paid eight point five million dollars twenty minutes a night, the second most amount of, of of cap hit or the second highest cap hit on the team besides Kopitar. Well, that's, that's, an issue. Yeah. that's an issue. That's a big issue. Yeah, it is. He was. He was brought in here to be that difference maker, yeah. And I thought, like I said, I thought Todd summed it up best. That it's time. It's time for him to be that difference maker. But, uh, Lieb, I appreciate you hopping on here. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. Let's get to the yes, new guys. Sir. Have a good one, man. See ya. Uh, let's go to a couple of you guys have asked me. So, my IQ is crazy high. How how high is your IQ, though? Let's hear. You sent, you sent me a DM. You wanted to talk. What's up, buddy? You got a couple minutes. You got a couple seconds. There yeah, you sorry, bro. Um, my uh, my mic cut out for a sec, but I was just actually right. I was just actually gonna say like um, I mean it's just tough, man. I'm having a tough time with, and I know everybody everybody's having a tough time with the PLD trade, but my my yeah. thing is is like targeting that dude. I I get the idea, right? Solidifying the center mm-hmm. depth. I'm I'm right there with that idea, but as PLD as the target for that and for what we gave up for that is pretty insane because he's like the, he's like the antithesis of what an LA King is. Even if we're not seeing him completely give up on the ice, like maybe we've seen with his previous teams, even just a history of that is like questionable to, to target that type of player, you know? And I'm not, I'm not saying that we're seeing the same type of, you know, antics that we might've seen when he like wanted out of Columbus, but I, you know, just knowing how he is historically without the puck, you know, like we're seeing the same yeah. player, even if the coaching staff Man. has told him over and over, you know, I'm sure they have been talking to him. Hey, we need to see more without the puck. We're still seeing the same dude without the puck. You know, this is not, this is the same guy, you know, that we've seen. So I just, I just targeting that player for, cause I get the idea, like I said, you know, solidifying mm-hmm. the center depth. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like hindsight – I've said this before. I'm not in here. This is my first time talking in the space, but hindsight is not needed for me and others Like when evaluating this trade. like I, moment, The it's moment done. it was announced, it was questionable to me and I'm sure many other fans. So it's, just, well, I, it's tough, man. Yeah, you're, you're living up to your Twitter name, your IQ. And I, you, you summed it up perfectly. Like this was a, a swing – for a player that they don't usually go for, yeah. right? Like this is a player that had that baggage of like, oh well, he doesn't try on the ice. Like he's he's taking shifts it, off. Yeah, he's kind of wanted out of places. Yeah, and then for and then the add into that, what we gave up, you know, it's just mind boggling to me. Like to me, I try not, you know, it's it's easy to get emotional and reactionary, but at the end of the day, even when I when those emotions pass, 
I still feel the same way. And that that's that this is might be a fireable offense, this trade, because bro, the day it was announced, many people, many fans were like, I'm not sure about that, bro. Like but the thing that. that's so the thing that's so weird too, and not even anything on the ice, you talk about like the things they gave up. Like I think like on the ice, like I don't think they gave up too much, to be honest with you. Like they would they give up Rasmus Kupari. Uh, Alex Ifalo, he's got one year left on his deal. He's a winger, and Alex Laferriere is almost producing just as much as he is. So it's like yeah. it's not like you're losing too much there. Yeah. And Gabe Velarde, yeah, it's a, it's a big loss there. He's a skilled winger, and he plays top line minutes. He's going to score goals. That's just who he is. So yeah. I don't think they gave up that much on the ice. And then you have to add the thing is, like people forget, you have to add Sean Dersey to that mix because they had to trade away Sean Dersey to get uh, fit yeah. in Pierre Dubois' salary cap in here too. So yeah, I mean, like, but the thing is, you had Jordan Spence replace him, so whatever. Yeah. But off the ice, when you've been preaching culture, you've been preaching trying to build a good locker room and solid yep. locker room, when you lose players like I follow that Kopitar loved playing with, when you lose player like Sean Dursey, who who was that who was the coffee mate for Phil Deneau every game, and the the yoga guy with Gavrikov <laughs> on the ice, like when you lose those players that were really solid in the locker room for a player that's had all these question marks about his off ice exactly. antics, on ice antics. Then that's where the question comes into play, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it right now. Yeah, bro. Um, anyways, I just wanted to add that little bit of venting there, but a little bit of, of just like I just I can't wrap my head around it sometimes because, like I said before, it really is, he really is the antithesis of what it means to be an LA King. You know? Yeah. That, a that, that, that's for sure. Yeah. That was it. Thanks for appreciate you, Mitty. Have a yeah. good one. Uh, let's go to Alohi Aloy Alo Images. Alohi. I always, when I look at your name, I always say, I think it's Alohi. And I don't know why. It's a low images. Allo images. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Augie, you there? I think you're muted. I can't hear you. Uh, I'm going to keep it going to Augie. While you figure it out, I'm going to go to Maxwell. He's been waiting for a while. Maxwell. Hey, how are you doing? Up? I'm doing pretty good. How good, you doing? yeah. Thanks for hosting this. Uh, I was just thinking about the Kopitar and how this like night for him could not come out of worse time. Like, I'm, to love the Kings is to love Kopitar. You know, everybody loves the guy, but just this this is really a time where you could use some changes in the lineup, and you're gonna have this Kopitar remembrance night coming up and talk about how awesome he is when he's in the biggest slump of his career, as far as I'm concerned. He's playing injured, and you just need changes. And I'm sorry, he says like it's on me. It's not. It's it's not the team's fault or anything, but he needs to call out guys. Because he's, I, I'm like 20. I've grown up my entire life with him killing the team. Like it's, it's time for him to start stepping down to an extent and start calling out other guys. You need to fill in for me sometimes. I, 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 I like that. I would like to see him. I'm sure like Kopitar is never going to do that publicly, no. but behind closed doors. And of course we're not going to, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but you would think like, Hopefully, like, he's being more of a vocal leader in that situation. Even though it doesn't seem like he's ever really been that kind of guy, that kind of, like, hey, rah, rah, like, let's get a going team. But you would hope, like, yeah, we, we're, we're hearing, like, leadership needs to step up and, and, and he needs to be better. But, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not all on him. Like, he's not the reason this team is losing these games. It's just, like, a team mentality mm-hmm. thing. And, and when you're a leader on the ice, like, it, like everyone says, like, fire the coach and change the coach, like, He's the he's the head of this whole leadership, but there's also got to be look fingers pointing at the the captains and the alternate captains. So I, I understand I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and with the quick trade and the brown loss, and I just and I follow gone. You're just you're moving a whole lot of guys out, and again with POD, maybe some of the stuff I wouldn't call him a locker room cancel, but he wouldn't be a guy that you add to the locker room to help solidify it. And you lost three big guys over the last year who were massive parts of that locker room. Yeah, I thought the last the last speaker said it best that it's really just been the anti Kings player that they brought in, and it's it's been a big swing. It was a huge swing uh, that Rob Blake took, and I, I'm not going to say that it divided the locker room at all. I feel like he's gotten actually pretty close with a few players, uh, Byfield especially. But when you're in a slump like this and you're kind of searching for answers, a lot of the fingers going to be pointing at that big name player that you brought in and gave all that money to that limited a lot of movement that you're able to make when you're in this slump. So, 
that's that player that needs to step up, and I'm sure uh, leadership probably needs to step up and say something about it too. Yeah, and just one more thing, I feel like the only time we've been winning this last right assist, our goalies are pretty much doing it for us, like against Rangers. That was pretty much his Riddick night. We scored two goals. So I feel mm-hmm. like the goalies also need to call some guys out too. Like You could see Riddick was pissed <laughs> after this game, and I understand goalies are the nicest people on us. It's, it's a nice team, and the guys are getting along too, but I mean... The guys need to make it uncomfortable on each other to come to work after you lose this bad. It shouldn't be easy, happy-go-lucky. Oh, we're so far, dude. We're so far away from, like, blaming the goalies. Like, nobody should be blaming no, Riddick. Nobody not. should be blaming Talbot. Yeah, exactly. This isn't, like, the beginning of the year from last year where the Kings were, were scoring at will, but the goal centers were giving up. No, the goal, like you said, like, the reason that they're winning these games is because Riddick's standing on his head or Talbot's standing on his head, whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the game on Saturday, yeah, like like we just we talked about earlier, is if Riddick doesn't make that toe save, we're talking about another overtime and possibly another shootout. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not on the goaltenders. The goaltenders are doing their job. It's the players in front of them. Yeah, well, uh, happy to see Byfield developing. Happy to see some stuff from Clark. That's all I had to say. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a good one. Have a good one. Let's go back, let's go back to Augie at Allo Images. Uh, he he thinks he's got his uh, shit figured out. Okay, are we good? We're good. All right. Hey, Russell. Thanks for letting me on here. Uh, hey, real quick. So, uh, just putting this out there, and I, and I know you're going to give me a really good uh, response to this. But okay. Uh, so, two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the coach, and then I want to talk about the. Uh, current personnel we have on the team okay so the coach the coach subject if the kings were to fire mcclellan who they just gave an extension to back in october who replaces him that's the thing yeah everybody kind of forgets that part you have to find a a guy good enough to get behind the bench i mean there's options out there it certainly feels that way a lot of people point to craig berube uh, who was just let go by the Blues? Right. He's kind of done it before. Uh, Dean Evison, who was let go by the Wild. I don't. I don't sign off on Jay Woodcroft. I don't, I don't want him anywhere near this team. But so there are options out there. But it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be any of those guys midseason. It, those guys would come in in the off season, and the guy that would most likely get it. This is my guess, and we all know how King's social media feels about him. Is Marco Sturm. That's that's what we, that's what would happen. So careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're spot on there. I wouldn't be surprised. That because uh, Rob Blake, they always preach about the system. How they send people down to Ontario and then when they bring them up to LA, they've already been playing the familiar system. They're, we're we're too far along in this season for them to just turn everything upside down because they they are in a playoff spot. So. Uh, it, it's it really is like this. I I just I'm of the opinion that they're gonna ride or die with uh, with TM at the helm, and mm-hmm. if they get bounced in the first round or miss the playoffs, then yeah, he's gone. And, yep, and yeah, and and but Blake next year is the final year of his deal, so he's gonna he's he, this is this is gonna be an off season decision, barring something completely unforeseen. So that was the that was the first thing I wanted to bring up. The second thing was this. Going back, I mean, obviously you can't undo the PLD trade. Okay. I still I still have faith in him. I mean, call me crazy, but I'm not really concerned what he does in the regular season. I want to see what he does in the postseason. For me, that's the difference. And if yeah. the Kings didn't do a deal to bring some somebody in to make a change, okay, let's just say that uh that they decided there was nothing else out there that was feasible to pull, but PLD. Uh, I, I mean, how do you run it back for the third time in a row and then potentially get bounced in the first round? I mean, we've been preaching that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Did they pay a hefty price? Yeah, they did, but, they're getting a guy that what other center is going to be available in the next two to three years. I mean, Austin Matthews is locked up. Connor McDavid is locked up. And that's what they're looking at this guy to be 
uh, this top line center. I mean, granted, he's not he's not up there in the conversation with uh, McDavid and Austin Matthews. But the frustrating thing about this guy is you see talent there that if he had that engine and desire to mm-hmm. to just maximize his talent, could he be in the conversation with those guys? It It's possible, but it's like that's the frustrating thing about him with, with folks right now. Because it's not he's he's not earning the eight million dollar a year contract. And one other thing people don't understand, do you know who uh, PLD's agent is? Yeah, Pat Brisson, and best friends with uh, Luke Robitaille. And do you know who Kopi's agent is? Pat Brisson. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So just do a little connection on the lines there, and and you'll see that there was that. It was it was a leadership decision to make this if you read between the lines. And there's there's a lot of moving pieces to this stuff and there's things that we can talk about and then there's things that we can assume. Correct, Russell? Yep. hundred percent. So I mean the thing is like you mentioned uh Dubois real quick and you mentioned his like we're waiting for him or we're waiting to see what he does in the playoffs. And I agree, like this yeah. trade was made to see to put them over the hump in the playoffs because like i mean last year we saw it like the the edmonton oilers bottom six just killed the kings they had no Mm -hmm. answer so they were looking for that answer down the middle and this was that's why i was totally for the trade you go out 25 year old premier centers top six centers don't just grow on trees and so you make that deal you go for that and that but that's the thing that's so maddening and frustrating you talked but you mentioned it a little bit is we've seen we see the player that pl dubois can be like you we've seen it before he's done it before in the nhl he's shown that ability it's just how can you figure out a way to unlock that player and be that player consistently on a nightly basis because i mean the team can't figure it out how to do that and when you're paying a player that much money that's why that's where frustration comes into play with the fans the coaching staff and i mean i don't know if his teammates are starting to feel the same way but i wouldn't I would imagine if the coaching staff is sensing it, I'm sure the players are too. Uh, I'm sure there's there's some aspect to it. And I mean, at the same token, though, I will say this. I usually give a player about a year to adjust. Yeah. And and this is, he he's adjusting to a new market, new team, new coach. This is going to be like his uh, third or fourth, fourth coach in four years or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, when you consider coaching changes in Columbus and, and then going mm-hmm. up to, uh, to Winnipeg. Uh, I mean, look at, I mean, Adrian Kempe went through the coaching carousel. Yeah. Uh, and, and finally, when he had some stability, uh, it, it, it clicked for him and he finally elevated. He went from being a tease to actually showing that, that talent and being a bona fide NHL star. And uh, and we're just looking for uh, we're just looking for PL Dubois to not be an AHL All Star but an NHL All Star <laughs> and I mean that's that's what people are looking for and like I said I mean I I I like the player I like the guy I've had nothing but positive interactions with him myself mm-hmm. uh, but on the ice we there's it's like you're waiting it's almost like that scene in Rocky Two where Rocky's like. <laughs> Just like Mickey's trying to motivate him, like you're gonna you're gonna fight Apollo Creed, and he's just kind of lounging around. So I don't know if PL has an Adrian there that's messing with his head, but <laughs> something right. <laughs> something's got to turn on of this guy because I really want people to embrace him and and uh, and love him for all that he could be out on the ice and what he could bring. And I'm hoping that that a good postseason or a, a strong finish to the regular season that leads to a productive postseason makes everybody forget this, the previous 40 games. And I mean, Russell, we're 40 games into a 640 game contract. <laughs> uh, it's probably not the best. It's probably not the best time to remind everybody of that, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And that's the thing that's, that, that gets so that's another thing is like you can just you you know the skills there it just so it seems like it's a mental thing with him yeah. and if he performs well in the playoffs yeah this whole season will be forgotten because that's where the money you make your money so yeah we'll exactly. see what happens there that was all i wanted to say thank you russell keep up the great work my man appreciate you augie i'll see you see you later see you later have a good one. Oh man uh i 
God, it is almost midnight. Holy fuck. Like I've been sitting here in this car and I listen to you guys. I love you guys. It's, it's great to see. Uh, I'm sure most of you guys obviously are Kings fans and it's good to see the passion. I, I just know, like, I feel you guys, I feel the anger. I feel the desperation. I feel the frustration. I'm with you guys all the way. Hopefully they can pull their ways out of it. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Wednesday, but it's a night that they're going to be commemorating a lot of the achievements that Kopitar has, has, has uh, reached so far this year with uh, all the milestones and whatnot. So, I mean, what better way to motivate you to perform after, after something like that, a ceremony like that. So, man, if they don't win on Wednesday, this is going to be a tough space to host, but uh, until then, all right, guys, I'm going to head home. Good night, everybody.